Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceilings does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. I'm your host, the purveyor of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. Happy Good Friday to all you fine folks and all you potential Easter worshipers out there. We got Easter Sunday coming up, and uh, it's going to be an interesting one because nobody can get together with groups of like more than four people or something. I have no idea what's going to happen. I was supposed to go to Milwaukee. My parents were going to put on... A, a big Easter fest to kind of get everybody together. That was back when the, the quarantine was only supposed to be a couple weeks, you know, back in March when, which seems like a million years ago now, we were going to have people come in from out of town, some uh, family friends, my godmother and her daughter and uh, son would probably be there. And I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen now. I think that that has all gone out the window since Wisconsin went into lockdown. And I don't know. It's going to be a pretty lonely Easter Sunday for a lot of people, I guess. I haven't decided what, what to make now. I, I, still have a, I still have a turkey in the freezer that I got because they were, they were having a sale on frozen turkeys when everybody was stocking up on toilet paper. I grabbed a turkey just for uh the hell of it because i figured i could i could do a lot with it and i could eat turkey forever uh maybe i'll do that but uh, it might be a little late to defrost it now at this point probably takes at least a day to defrost it but anyway that that whole idea went out the window and now we're uh the best you can really hope for for communication these days is a, a zoom or a, a facetime or something like that you know zoom has been taking a lot of heat lately they've been getting hacked like left and right and people have been i I don't know putting viruses on on people's computers and 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 jumping into their meetings and stuff like that and i I know a lot of people are switching over to microsoft teams i think it's called and i think i have that on one of my uh work computers we switched over to that i I don't know It, it all looks the same to me it looks like skype i don't know what's going on with skype i people seem to be falling out of favor with that and turning towards Zoom in our quarantine days, but um, I, I got to see, I got to to uh, tune in to a, a Zoom meeting that my sister put together and, and see the family yesterday, so that was good. And um, I don't know, just uh, taking care of business over here, business as usual. Oh, before I forget, I did get around. I finally got around to starting a YouTube page for the show. And I'm going to be posting some shareable clips from the show. You know, I, I know it's hard to, to share the show when 
every episode's like 45 minutes to an hour long, something like that. So I'm going to spend some of my quarantine time here chopping up some clips that I think are worth having out there that you guys can listen to, you know, five, 10 minute clips, something like that, where you can really drill down into a specific issue and then you can share it with, with your friends or whatever and, and start getting some of these clips out there. So uh, pretty excited about that and uh, just proud of myself, figured out how to use the YouTubes. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's in the works. I, I, I don't have any clips up there yet, but um, stay tuned for that and, and maybe check YouTube in the next week or so. There, there'll be a, a lot out there eventually. And uh, I, I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good to get some, some more shareable aspects of the show out there. And then hopefully at some point I, I will uh, start getting some video up because I, I know I think a lot of people are struggling with podcasts right now. Everyone's numbers are down because people aren't usually, you know, people listen to podcasts when they're on their way to work, when they're commuting to and from work. That's when I would always listen to podcasts. And obviously nobody's doing that anymore. We're all sitting at home. So it's much more. Uh, fun to look at something and listen to it than just to sort of sit there and stare at the wall and listen to a podcast. I mean, obviously you could do what I do, which is, you know, clean the kitchen or something and listen to a podcast or, or get some chores done around the house. But, you know, it, it it's a lot better to have some sort of visual aspect to go along with the podcast when everybody's sitting at home Um so uh, hopefully uh, this will this will motivate me to figure out how the hell to do that and I can get my uh, boyish good looks out there on the internet for you all to, to stare at and listen to me rant. So uh, that that's uh, my next big move here, uh, at least uh, in the short term, is to, to figure out how to do that. And I will add those episodes to the YouTube channel as well. And we'll go from there. So... I guess that's uh that that's my big my big news for the week. I you know I want to take a step back from all of the coronavirus stuff. I'm just exhausted thinking about it constantly and talking about it and I've done far more podcasts on that than I ever wanted to. And you know we got some some news, some big news in the political world not related to the coronavirus and that is that uh Bernie Sanders has officially suspended his campaign and so then there was one there was one old senile stumbling bumbling incoherent child sniffing nose humping presumptive democratic presidential nominee because bernie is out biden is all that is left and I mean, you guys know from listening to this show that I always thought that Biden would be dead on arrival. I never thought he had a shot at this. And it, it looks like uh, I'm going to be barring, you know, some barring the DNC, just pulling him out and replacing him with somebody because of some unforeseen health issues. It looks like I'm going to be wrong on that. And um, the, the big question now is, will he make it to November? And, you know, COVID, this whole quarantine thing and this virus was the perfect opportunity to just lock him in a room and shut him up until the election because there was really no upside. Once he basically clinched enough of the delegates to to screw Bernie Sanders out of this after Super Tuesday, there was no upside to him talking in public ever again. 
There was no upside for him to have debates, to to do interviews or anything. And this was the perfect excuse for for them to just uh, sort of shut him down. And he can just be remembered as somewhat coherent in the eyes of the American people. But then at the same time, they ran into this problem where, you know, you're going through this crisis and the, the presumptive Democratic uh, presidential nominee, the guy that's going to challenge Trump, nobody's hearing from him. And everybody's wondering, where the hell is Biden? Where's Biden? Because I'm sure they would have liked nothing more than to just shut Biden down until the election and um, not have to worry about any of his millions of gaffes and just this uh, blatantly obvious mental decline that, that has been on full display for anybody with a brain, anybody not just totally indoctrinated and just in total denial, knows that he is really on a cognitive decline here. And um, I'm sure they were very conflicted once th this whole thing broke out and they were kind of hoping that they could just leave Biden out of it. You know, he's got to go into lockdown because he's old and, you know, this virus is killing old people. So it makes sense that he's not talking. Right. But then at the same time, you can't just hide during a national crisis if you're going to be the leader of the free world. Right. You have to come out and you have to assure the American people that you're competent and that, you know, you'd be doing a, such a better job than Trump and this is what he's doing wrong and all this stuff. Right. So uh, he did start doing these these streams and, and not surprisingly, they've been a disaster. They're just they're they're just so cringeworthy. And you can tell that he, he can't get through a sentence anymore. And it's oof, it's not looking good for him. I, I don't know if he's going to make it to November. And I've been seeing, you know, some of my friends uh, on Facebook that, that are these uh, social justice warriors. There's all this infighting going on between the Bernie bros and the rest of the, the Democrats. And even some of the Bernie bros who are, you know, support the who vote blue no matter what, vote blue no matter who or whatever their retarded saying is. And, and the real true believers in Bernie's message that don't want to vote for Biden. And a lot of these guys, a lot of the people who will vote the party line no matter what because they just think Trump is this uniquely evil force that, that just has to be stopped at all costs. It doesn't matter who the candidate is. We have to support them because four more years of Trump would just be such a disaster. right? All of these people, they cannot fathom this idea that a Bernie bro would would rather not vote than vote for Biden or would actually vote for Trump instead of voting for Biden. They can't possibly fathom the fact that true Bernie believers can't bring themselves to vote for Biden. And I, I don't understand. I mean, this just shows how uh, disconnected they are from reality because Biden Biden is the embodiment of everything Bernie stood against, everything that he was running against, everything that he stood for, the establishment. That's Joe Biden. I mean, he's been a politician since, what, like the early 70s? Since like 12, 13 years before I was even born? He, he's been in politics, and he's been voting in lockstep with the establishment. He supports all of the things that Bernie claims to be against. I mean, now Bernie may not believe all of his rhetoric, and I've, you know, I've gone into all the problems I've had with Bernie in the past. In past episodes, you should check those out. 
they're pretty good. So Bernie might not believe all of his rhetoric, and he's constantly speaking out of both sides of his mouth. You know, he'll go into this thing where the Washington establishment is corrupt, and they're in bed with Wall Street and the bankers and the billionaires, and the billionaires have all this control over the establishment. And anybody that's taking money from billionaires, that makes you beholden to them, and that makes you a corrupt politician, and you're part of the problem. And, oh, look, Joe Biden is taking money from all these billionaires. All these billionaires are com- uh, contributing to his campaign. And then I, I, and the next sentence out of his mouth would be like, oh, but I think Joe's a great guy. I like Joe. We, me and Joe get along. I have no problems with Joe. <laughs> and most people with a brain are just like, wait, what? What are you talking about? You just said he's part of the problem. You, you just went on this whole rant about establishment politicians taking money from billionaires and then doing their bidding. And, but you don't have a problem with Joe? You don't have a problem with Joe specifically? I mean, which is it? Is he part of the problem or is he a, a great guy? Is he a corrupt politician who, who represents everything that you hate in the world? Or is he this nice guy that you get along with? And that was always one of Bernie's problems, is that he's too big of a puss to call people out to their face. He'll he'll never do it. He couldn't do that with Hillary. That's why he couldn't beat Hillary. He couldn't muster up the balls to call her out when the the two of them were on stage. Uh, You know, he, he just likes to rail against nameless, faceless billionaires. I mean, that's easy. They're, they're not up there, and billionaires are the easiest ones to rail against because there's so few of them. But it's fairly obvious that Joe Biden embodies exactly what uh, Bernie is talking about when he's referring to corrupt, bought establishment politicians. I mean, that, that should be obvious to anybody. That's how you know that, that Bernie is just such a puss because he won't come out and just denounce Joe Biden to his face. He has to talk about him in indirect ways and just nameless, faceless establishment politicians. And then when Joe Biden specifically comes up, he starts backpedaling. This is the guy that was supposedly going to lead this revolution. You know, it takes balls to lead a revolution. And Bernie Sanders doesn't have him. But this is just a a really tall glass of water to ask real Bernie Sanders supporters, these real true Bernie bros, to drink. All of these Bernie bros who really bought into all of his rhetoric. Uh, You know, they, they bought what he was selling, hook, line, and sinker. And they've watched him totally get fucked over by the DNC in back-to-back presidential elections. They've watched him have the nomination stolen right out from under him, twice, right out from under their boy, twice in back-to-back elections. And now you're asking them to go and vote for the DNC's choice, their hand-picked guy, their boy. They're asking all of these Bernie bros to bend over to the establishment and fall in line like a bunch of lemmings and support everything that they hate, support everything that they hate, just because Donald Trump is this unique evil, which he actually really isn't. He isn't this uniquely evil politician. And maybe to their credit, they're actually seeing through those mainstream establishment lies, those talking points. That, that, oh, Donald Trump is this uniquely evil character. No. Think about it. I mean, what are the real tangible differences in terms of policy, in terms of governing, 
between what Donald Trump has done and what any other establishment candidate would have done in his position. Everything that was going on before Trump got into office is still going on. He's not this wild card that everybody thought he was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, he tweets a lot and he trolls and he, he rails against the media, the, the failing New York Times and all that stuff. But overall, it's been business as usual in Washington. The wars are still going on. The, the Patriot Act and the NDAA are still getting reauthorized every time they come up. Uh, the spending is way up, way up. I mean, we're spending more than ever before. The debt ceiling keeps getting raised, and nothing has really changed. Everybody in Washington's still doing the same thing. They're just, you know, playing partisan politics and trying to impeach Donald Trump. And we had the deep state coup with all the Russia stuff, but everything's still still clicking. You know, so as far as they're concerned, he's not this big wild card anymore. He's not this big problem. And they've been successful in painting him into a corner where even if Donald Trump really wanted to do the stuff that he ran on, like a making a deal with Russia to, to fight ISIS or whatever, he can't do it. He can't possibly do it. There's no way. There's no way he can do anything with Russia, even after that whole deep state coup was revealed for exactly what it was. Because the second he tries to do anything, it's, oh, well, this just proves that he's the puppet of Vladimir Putin, right? And on top of that, you know, we've been living in this time where anti-establishment is very popular. That's why Donald Trump was popular. It's a large part of the reason that he actually won. It's why Bernie was popular. And it's just still so blatantly obvious that the establishment still despises Donald Trump. So I, I see a lot of synergy there between the Bernie bros and Donald Trump. There, there's a, they have a lot in common. They really do. There's no way that a lot of them hate Donald Trump more than they hate the DNC and their hand-picked puppet candidate Joe Biden. There's just no way. And this makes perfect sense to me. It makes perfect sense to me why they don't want to vote for him or why they might even just go out and vote for Trump. There's talk of them doing that in some of these Bernie bro chat forums that people are talking about. I mean, that makes sense. Bernie was supposed to be a, a big F you to the establishment, right? Donald Trump was supposed to be a big F you to the establishment. And these guys hate the establishment. The establishment has screwed them over many times. So yeah, maybe they won't just uh, take this lying down. Maybe they will go out and do the exact thing that the establishment and all their cultish lemmings on Facebook is telling them not to do. They'll, they'll go out and vote for literally Hitler because the people that screwed them over don't want them to. Why? Because fuck you. That's why. That's why. Fuck you. I hate you. And this is, you, you screw me over, I'm going to screw you right back. I'm going to go vote for Donald Trump just out of spite. It's a spite vote. And you guys begging and pleading with them to join the party that's actively screwing them over and trying to make this case for voting of the, for the lesser of two evils is only going to strengthen their resolve. Oh, you, uh, don't go vote for Trump. He's Hitler. Fall in line, citizen. Back the party. Vote party line no matter what. All these retarded lemming ideas, these NPCs, these people with no independent thought whatsoever. 
the more you push that crap, the more turned off they'll be and the more pathetic and idiotic you look uh, from my perspective. And all these lefties are just flabbergasted by this. They can't believe it. They're shocked. They're shocked that someone could be so irresponsible that they could vote for literally Hitler over Joe Biden. They're all upset and they're freaking out. Oh, you know, we have to come together. We have to back Biden no matter what. These principled political stands and this ideological politics, this is what's killing us. I mean, think of the Supreme Court nominations and all the cabinet positions and blah, 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 all that stuff. It's pretty hilarious. It's hilarious to me. I mean, you guys know me. Uh, you know that I derive a lot of pleasure from the misery of others. And watching these people freak out over this is great. It's very satisfying to me personally. And it just highlights the absurdity of this whole thing, this whole bullshit idea of democracy that I've been demolishing on this podcast over and over again. But I mean, this idea that, oh, just forget about your values, forget about your beliefs and everything that you hold near and dear to your heart. Forget all that. None of that matters. That doesn't matter. Forget that. Just vote for the candidate that the establishment, that the Democratic National Committee has propped up. No matter how bad he is, just go vote for him. No matter how big of a train wreck. You have to vote for the really, really bad party because if you don't, otherwise this other really, really, really bad party will gain power again. (laughs) I mean, do you idiots hear yourselves? Do you hear how ridiculous you sound? I mean, this is just such a cult. This is such a cult of retards who will do whatever their wise overlords tell them to do. You have all been brainwashed, and it's hilarious to me. And ironically, you know, these are the same people. These are the same idiots making fun of people who believe in Scientology. I mean, look, uh, this system that you're supporting is easily just as retarded as the cult of Scientology. I'm sorry. You're all just indoctrinated. You're too indoctrinated to realize it. And that's funny to me. It's funny to me. I mean, look at yourselves. You are fully prepared to go out and cast your precious vote this thing that you know that people died for your right to do, and this is the most sacred aspect of our democracy and all that crap that you guys keep telling yourselves, and you are straight up going to vote for an 80-year-old with full-blown Alzheimer's to take control of the largest, most powerful government the world has ever seen. This is your plan. Now, we can't have Trump in there. We can't have Trump with his finger on the nuclear buttons. No, no, that would just be irresponsible. But this old guy, who literally doesn't know what day of the week it is, ah, that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, look, the government we have today that nobody can stand, that everyone has all these problems with, this is the direct result of people following that retarded logic of people voting for the lesser of two evils in every election. I mean, why do you think you keep getting faced with that choice? The choice of one really, really bad candidate or one that's really, really, really bad? I mean, maybe, maybe it's because you keep capitulating. Maybe it's because they know that they can whip you lemmings up into a frenzy about how bad and scary the other guy is that no matter what pathetic excuse for a human being they put up in front of you, you will support them. I mean, Joe Biden is your nominee. 
Seriously, this is the best we have to offer? Joe Biden and Donald Trump? How do you like your choices? How's this system working out for you, you idiots? You pathetic lemmings. Maybe if uh, you all weren't such a bunch of spineless, indoctrinated statists, incapable of rational, independent thought, and you didn't constantly sacrifice all of your principles when the DNC or the RNC asks you to, maybe you'll start getting better candidates to choose from. You ever think of that? Maybe? I mean, we're a country of 330 million people. And this is the best we have to offer? These are the two? And before that, it was Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump? I mean, I've never seen a less impressive bunch of people in my entire life than the ones that were up on the Democratic primary stage. Just all. A bunch of unimpressive idiots. Or in Washington in general, for that matter. I mean, look at all these people in Congress. I mean, me and my friends are just a bunch of knuckleheads. And I would put pretty much any one of them up against any of these idiots in Washington. I mean, maybe not, maybe not Jake, maybe not Polak Jake, but I mean, he is Polish. So even for a Polak, I guess he's above average in intelligence. Can I still say Polak? Is that uh, I think I can. They're not one of these protected classes. I'm sure anyone listening will be far more offended by my use of the word retard anyways. Plus, I think I have a little Polish in me, so I, I, got the, I got the Polak card. I can use that. I got immunity. That's how this works, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, shout out to Jakey boy. Love you, buddy. Love you. Hope you're doing all right. He's been in and out of the hospital quite a bit during this uh, COVID quarantine crisis. Not for uh, COVID, ironically enough, but um, even him, even Jakey boy, I think, could run circles around a Maxine Waters. I mean... A fifth grader should be able to do that, so Jake could definitely handle it. He's at least operating at an eighth grade level. Anyway, uh, <laughs> just the least impressive group of people ever imaginable in Washington. And you have millions of Americans that are willing to defend these idiots to death. Defend them to death. With their dying breath, they will support Joe Biden. Standing up, making the case for Joe Biden. Oh, well, on average, you know, his debate performances weren't that bad. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. What what debates were you watching? What debate are you talking about? I mean, his range was probably from the worst, most embarrassing debate performance ever to uh, not that terrible. Not that terrible of a performance. That's about the best thing that you could ever say about Joe Biden. No, it wasn't terrible. Okay, it's a pretty low bar. That's a pretty low bar for your uh, presidential nominee. I mean, he cannot, I'm not exaggerating here, he cannot get a complete, coherent thought across anymore. He just can't do it. And I mean, he wasn't, he was never operating at this really high level anyway. So this isn't like he's a huge fall from grace. He's falling from like the second rung of the ladder. <laughs> okay, and it, I mean, it used to be funny. It used to be funny to watch him have all these gaffes and everything. Now I just feel bad for him. I just feel sorry. I feel sad and sorry for the old man. He needs to be put out to pasture, not put on a debate stage to go one-on-one -on -one with a killer in Donald Trump. I mean, Trump is ruthless. He's going to go right after him, right at him. And during the primary 
there you had 10 other people up on stage that Biden could hide behind. Biden barely had to say anything for a couple hours. He only had like 30 seconds, right? He talked for maybe five minutes in a two and a half hour segment. And that proved too difficult. Then he did the one-on-one debate with Bernie one time, and that was okay. That was fine. But don't pretend that Bernie Sanders is anything like Donald Trump. Not by a long shot. Like I said, Bernie's a puss. I've pointed that out a million times. He doesn't go after anybody. He doesn't throw any punches. He just says the same tired shit over and over again. 30 million uninsured and healthcare is a human right. We shouldn't have billionaires. Uh, Okay. He wasn't throwing bombs at Biden. They were just up on stage basically agreeing on everything or just getting bogged down in policy, who supported what policy and who voted for what legislation, which, you know, Biden can't remember what he he did anymore. So, I mean, there's that. Uh, Donald Trump isn't going to be talking about legislation. He's not going to be getting bogged down in the minutiae of policy or anything like that. He's going to be pointing out how Joe Biden has dementia. And then Biden is going to have to try and respond to that. And he's going to 100% lose his train of thought in the middle of his I don't have dementia response. And here's the worst part. Here's the worst part about it. He never can recover from losing his train of thought. And he's just giving up now. He just gives up. I've never seen anything like it. It hurts your soul to see it. It's like every public speaker's worst nightmare, and it keeps happening to him constantly over and over again. And his pitch isn't even that compelling, assuming that you know Joe Biden can remember why he's running for president and what his pitch is supposed to be, and you know that he can articulate it in any way, shape, or form. It's not even that uh, compelling of, a, of an idea. I mean, it's basically what Hillary ran on four years ago. That's what people seem to fail to understand here. Hillary ran on four more years of Obama, and that didn't resonate. And of course, you know, that was compounded by the fact that she was the worst candidate in history up to that point. I mean, we've had a whole slew of of potentially worse candidates now this year from the DNC. But I mean, Hillary Clinton was just the worst candidate, the worst candidate. I mean, their, their biggest problem was, if you guys remember this, they had to humanize her to the American people. <laughs> that was their big goal, to humanize her to the, to the American people. And she'd been in the public eye in politics and in some way, shape, or form for like the last 30 years. And her biggest problem was uh, people don't really think she's a human. They kind of see her as this weird lizard person. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, that's how bad of a candidate she was. And they had to bring out uh, Bill Clinton to sort of tell these stories about how they first met and they fell in love, you know, just like normal human beings do. Like, she's not this weird alien. But, I mean, Biden's got the same pitch that she had that didn't work. I'm Obama's guy. Four more years of Obama. But, I mean, here's the problem with that. The problem is that a lot of people didn't partake in that Obama recovery. There was a whole host of the American people that didn't get in on all the the Wall Street action, the cheap money created from the Federal Reserve. And they were very disillusioned by the Obama presidency. People that voted for Obama actually turned around and voted for Donald Trump. So how is that pitch of four more years going to go now? 
when they already rejected that once. And ironically, you know, all these topics that they're talking about in the Democratic debates and their, their biggest issues, right, health care and income inequality, those were all failures of the Obama presidency. I mean, health care is a disaster. We have Obamacare. That was supposed to fix everything. It made everything worse, exponentially worse, as predicted, shockingly. But how are you going to run four more? You know, so now we're going to fix Obama's, like, this is the dance that they have to do. This is the tightrope that they have to walk. It's like they have to talk about how we have all these problems in healthcare without directly pointing at, at Obama's failed uh, signature legislation. And then income inequality was at its highest levels ever under Obama. It's probably bigger now un under Trump, but un under Obama, it, it got as bad as it had ever been, 10 times worse than it was under George Bush. And it's all related to the Federal Reserve and the monetary policy, of course. And the bailouts and uh, bailouts of Wall Street, bailouts of banks, all of which Joe Biden supported. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think <laughs> I, I mean, it's just to me. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm thinking uh, thinking uh, too much about this. I'm overthinking it because um, it doesn't seem like anybody who votes actually thinks about anything critically. So uh, maybe I'm giving them a little too much credit here because they're, they're going to pull that lever no matter what. That's what makes a lemming a lemming. And um, you know what they say, nobody ever went broke underestimating the intelligence of the American people. But I, I just don't see it. I don't see how Biden can, can beat Donald Trump even after, I mean, I always said, right, that my whole thing was Donald Trump's going to get reelected barring some economic disaster. And I mean, we are knee deep in it right now, folks. We are knee-deep in a, a potential recession, maybe even a depression. This is not looking good economically. Go back and listen to the last couple of episodes where I've, I've broken that down for you. I, and no president. I don't think there's ever been a president. Well, I guess other than FDR, I don't think there's been any other president reelected in, in, while we are in a recession. I mean, that, that's, uh, that's a real tough thing to, to do. But, I mean, if anybody could do it, it would be Donald Trump up against Joe Biden. A broomstick with a bucket would be a more challenge to Donald Trump. I mean, if the presidency has been reduced to a popularity contest, Donald Trump is going to look so much better on stage next to Joe Biden that uh, even with a, a major economic downturn, he might be able to overcome that. I don't know. I mean, he is—he's—he was already a very weak candidate. Donald Trump was, and he's going to have a really tough time overcoming the disaster in the economy because he's done nothing but talk it up. You know, he took credit for the economy. This is the, the whole Wall Street bubble that was a bubble under Obama became, you know, the greatest economy in the world under Donald Trump, and the bottom has dropped out of that. And by the time we get to November, who knows how bad any of this is going to be. It's going to be a lot worse than most people think it's going to be, in my opinion. I think it, things are going to be very bad come November. So maybe any, they'll vote for anybody but Donald Trump at that point. But if there is anybody that could sidestep the disaster of an economy and get reelected, it's got to be Teflon Don, right? It's got to be. Got to be old Donnie boy. He's a winner, right? He's terrific, tremendous. And they've kind of given him the, the whole anti-establishment talking point back, right? 
because you know they, they the establishment completely ruined his, the first three years of his campaign. And if they hadn't spent the last you know six months or whatever trying to impeach him over bullshit. Maybe we, you know, he's going to make the case that if you guys weren't busy impeaching me, we would have been more prepared for this whole coronavirus thing, and I wouldn't have had to shut down the economy. And then I, you know, I wouldn't, we wouldn't have had this recession at all. This is all your fault because you, I had to shut down. We had the greatest economy ever, and the only reason we're in, we're having problems now is because the coronavirus which, you know, it's the best, uh, it's a, a politician's wet dream is a virus that nobody could have seen coming and nobody could have stopped. But he can at least make the case that, you know, since the Democrats were so focused on him and impeaching him that they dropped the ball and they, you know, they re- diverted all of these government resources to that instead of dealing with real problems. And, you know, he wanted to close the border and they fought him on that. And he always wanted to be less dependent on China. He wanted to bring manufacturing back here so we wouldn't have to rely on China for masks or cures or vaccines or whatever the hell China's producing, right? And we wouldn't have to retool all of our factories now if we had brought all this stuff back here before when I wanted to. And you guys hadn't fought me on the tariffs and everything. We'd have all these factories already set up to produce all these things. All of his policies would have prevented the spread of this disease, and it's all their fault that it got this bad. So, I, I mean, that's probably the the route he's going to go. That and just ripping on Joe Biden for being completely senile. And uh, I, I don't know. He might be able to pull it off. I, I, I have not made up my mind about this. I, I have no idea who is going to win this. I go back and forth. I, I can't imagine Joe Biden beating Donald Trump. I just can't. But the, the economy is going to be so bad that I can't imagine Donald Trump being able to recover from it. I don't know. Maybe Joe Biden won't make it till November. That's probably the most likely scenario, I think, at this point. I mean, there's just no way they can seriously put him up there as a candidate with a straight face, is there? Can they really put Joe Biden up there? I, I don't think they can. I think they're going to pull him. And and that would just make all of these keyboard warriors look like even more foolish than they already do. To have to pull their, uh, they pull Biden at the last minute for some undisclosed health reasons that everybody knows it's just because he's lost his mind. And then they throw Hillary in there and all of you idiots have to go vote for Hillary again. Uh, <laughs> that would be glorious. And I think that's probably what's going to happen. What they should do, what they should really do to totally just fuck with all of these vote blue no matter who people, all you idiots out there, is just take a random person, just no, somebody that nobody has ever heard of, and put them up there as the nominee and just get all of these people to, to vote for them, to, to just prove how little they care about who the candidate is, how willingly they will just throw everything they believe in out the window to vote for whoever the DNC puts up there just to prove how much control over voters they have. That would be a real alpha move that I would love to see. But um, I don't think we're going to get to see that. They'll go with Hillary. I think they'll go with Hillary, and you can make the case, you know, that she was the last person to, to get the nominee, and nobody qualified to get the nomination this year, and we had to pull Joe Biden. So she was the last person, and we might as well go with her, right? And she has experience, and she won the popular vote against Donald Trump. And if it weren't for Russia, she would have won, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I don't know. I just can't see them going with Biden. I really can't. But who knows? Maybe if they keep this quarantine going long enough, 
Biden might might make it all the way to the inauguration without having to say anything. So I, <laughs> I don't know. We are, we are living through some very interesting times. But those are my thoughts on the uh, the state of the Democratic Party and the presidential race. I'm going to wrap there, guys. I'm going to try to enjoy the rest of my long weekend. To all you Easter worshipers out there, have a nice Easter Sunday. Maybe you can uh, get together with your family somehow, even if it is over the interwebs. And, um, you know, stay healthy, stay safe, keep voluntarily complying with uh, the, the quarantine guidelines because, you know, I think it's the right thing to do if you're concerned about hurting other people. You should be um, trying to minimize that. And if you like the show today, guys, do me a favor, download and subscribe. Give me a rating and review on iTunes, five stars if you think the show is worth it. And check out the website, peddlingfictionpodcast.com. You can become a supporting listener from there. And you can follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction if you want access to the world's greatest meme folder. That's where you can find it. And if you can do all that for me, I will be back next week with a brand new episode for you. Until then... You know the drill, just keep on pedaling that so-called fiction.